0: Are listening live to the program? Your teams, your town, your program. First and ten. From the Baltimore 19, shotgun Mahomes, pump and throw to the end zone, handled by Kelsey for the touchdown! 16th play of the drive, second and goal from the two, handoff, Pacheco redirects to the left, and he slices in for the touchdown! The Chiefs regain the lead, Isaiah Pacheco, angry runner, Pater, Jackson shotgun, on second down, throws, Pumped by Flowers, on the goal, the question is when he lost the ball. Did they slap it out of there before he crossed it? Moving on it? the field as the runner fumbles short of the goal line. Recovered in the end zone by Kansas City for a touchback. What a turn of events. Second down and 10 at the Kansas City 25. Shotgun. Jackson. Look Looking. Jackson. Middle. End zone. Intercepted. down in the end zone, turnover, Ravens, a huge one, Kansas City takes over, 3rd and 9 at the 46, 2 on the clock, Baltimore is out of timeouts, Mahomes in the pocket, throws a deep one, behind the defense, it is caught! has done it again and he has shocked the fans here in Baltimore. The Kansas City Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in the last five years. Viva Las Vegas for KC. They've done it again.
1: And now a man who saw that the Chiefs had won another AFC championship
2: and said, and... Soren Petro. Right you are, Kay. Right you are. Petro on the program on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you for joining us here on a sun splash, beautiful January day as we celebrate yet another trip to the Super Bowl. Grab a phone line, 913 810 810 Via phone number 913 810 810 Chiefs headed to their fourth Super Bowl in five years. You know, it's, it's just what we do here.
1: It is. It's right? That's who we these. are. It's, going it's to Super what Bowls. we do. It's what we do.
2: It's a birthright, yeah. if you would. Uh, if you know, you're five. There are times that we choose not to go. Yes. But it's because we're busy. Yeah. Got other stuff going on.
1: We thought we'd let the Bengals see what it was like. Yeah. Here you go. First, and, and they blew it. They didn't win it. So we're like, all right, give it back.
2: That's right. So, uh, yeah, congratulations. Uh, but we open with the big story. College basketball. Woo! No, we don't. What uh, a weekend yeah. for the locals. Holy, man! You 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 know who likes them, some some uh, cheese football right now? <laughs> the local K- college K- basketball State. teams. Yes. You Rough know, deal. K-, K State's kind of surprising, maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I think people thought there'd be a regression, and there and there is a mm-hmm. little bit. But you know, maybe they're the one that's like, well, oh, no, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Coach Tang, even though losing, you know. Um, Nikon Tomlin? Mm-hmm. Tomlin? That's out of sight, out of mind already. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Missouri, no. Missouri
1: kind of, Missouri, and we've come to expect that from this team. It's
2: just, it's it's a lost year for the Tigers. Yes. I mean, I think that's all we can the say. The only
1: question there is how much did does Dennis Gates lose by this season?
2: Yes. I would agree. And disappointing year so far for the Kansas Jacks, but still time for them to write the ship, and we've seen them write the ship uh, before. So we'll see if uh, Bill Self has... Uh, You know, a rabbit in his hat, but uh, looking like they're going to be one of the teams in the Big 12, not the team of the Big 12, the way it looks this year. But that's not the lead story. The lead story is the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs are headed back to it after a 17-10 win over the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, The analytic darlings, the Baltimore Ravens, I'll highlight a couple of things we talked about last week. One of them, Mike Sando, uh, our NFL insider from The Athletic, who, when I said, listen, there are different analytics things, DVOA and such, that talk about the Baltimore Ravens being one of the strongest teams of all time. He said, yeah, did doesn't really look it, though. So the eye test. And we brought up the idea that are the Baltimore Ravens a team that has just designed everything they do around, not that they're trying to win the DVOA, right. but that they're like, okay, these are the things that analytics say are the most important parts to winning football games. Let's do those things well, like in basketball, threes and dunks, right? Efficiency. Let's be uber-efficient. And what we may find is that they've built a team based upon the analytics of twenty twenty three, and in 2040, we go, Pfft, they were way off. These are the important numbers over here, mm-hmm. which we didn't even talk about back in those days, right? Like, you know, your punter being a key guy, building around the running back. That was good business in 1974. Yes. How many championships has Derrick Henry won now? Uh, zero. Z-0. And when I say running back, I mean running back, yes. not Back out of the backfield catching the ball. I mean, running back, runner, pitch it to him. Yeah. The goal, the the dream of every football coach back in the day was to have a 2,000 yard back. (laughs) Oh, if I could have OJ. Never mind, OJ was playing for a mediocre to bad team. Yeah, most of the time they're below average. Right? But so, and I think Mike Sando is, you know, I'll give him some credit, maybe, when he's not here. I don't know. Yeah. he's on, maybe I won't. Maybe. By Thursday, we'll conveniently forget about it. We'll see. No, I'll give him some credit on Thursday because yeah. I think it was a great call because I, I said kind of the same thing. They strike me. Are they a team that's built to win the analytics and maybe not win football games?
1: And it's as you mentioned, the d- distinction there that's important is that they didn't try to be the number one team in DVOA, but it is kind of inevitable that if you look at the analytics and what they value and you say, we're going to be good at that, and then you go out and you are good at that, you're going to be number one (laughs) because that's the numbers that you're trying to, those are the areas you're trying to excel at. Of course, you're going to be number one or toward the the top of that that chart if that's the way you try to build your team.
2: And let me be crystal clear. I'm a big fan of the analytics. I am not hating on it. I think it's great. I'm all for it. Uh, The more I can learn about it, the more I want. And I think teams are wise to use it. I'm simply saying, I do think that there is kind of this... You have the zero or a hundred mentality that seems to fuel America that you're either 100% all behind analytics and you believe every word that comes out of their mouth and every number that comes out is an absolute factual law, a law of the universe that cannot be disputed because we put in this formula and the formula says this. So therefore it is no need to even play the game. Here we go. Uh, congratulations, Baltimore Ravens, your 2023 champs. By the way, a buddy of mine sent me a little logo 2023 DVOA champs.
1: <laughs> Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> to right? go along with the Philadelphia. Eagles Week 10 champions.
2: And what we know is there are human beings and there's the ability to rise above. And I I also think that when you view it that way, you're making a mistake in not understanding that the numbers that are created from analytics come from people. They choose which numbers to use. And maybe there's some other numbers that are more important that they're not using. Or need to be valued more or weighted more. I'm going to tell you from talking to guys like Eric Eager, I know a lot of the guys, and from his days at PFF, he said, well, well, you know, this is some, well, we've weighted this more because what we found was this. Well, why are you weighting it more? Well, because we think it should be this. That That's what happens. Now, when you approach guys and say, Well, you know, hey, but you guys are manipulating the numbers. No, the numbers are the numbers. No. Not when one's worth 1.2 times and one's worth 0.7 times, then you have chosen. This one's more valuable. Mm-hmm. So we're putting more weight into it. Why? Well, because you're trying to line up with who won the game. Right? They look back at historically what happened and they, they line up. Well, this is what's won in the past. So therefore we're weighting that more. Well, but was that why they won? Yes, that's the team that won did that, but was that why they won? And more and more, I think what we come back to is the quarterback is so very important. I think Baltimore did an unbelievable job of building a team the right way to win a championship with that guy as their quarterback. But he, like every other quarterback, every quarterback, even Patrick Mahomes, has his limitations. And he ran into a guy that could make great decisions. And I think the thing I'll point to about Patrick Mahomes was Andy Reid's post-game comment where he said he was proud of Patrick Mahomes for taking sacks. He didn't try to force one in. Late in the game, he recognized what the game was. This was just a rock fight, and his defense was playing well and there was no need to, to force anything, just don't turn the ball over. Which, I, you know, maybe Matt Nagy and Andy Reid have preached that. Maybe they're coaching to that. Game planning, play calling to that mindset. But Patrick Mahomes is definitely executing that mindset. Because we saw, it. you know, the throw he made to Travis Kelsey, where it was almost like a jump hook, where he put his arm up and had it ready to go and then finally just flipped it at the very end. And Travis Kelsey laid out to catch it for a first down. I don't think he makes that throw in the fourth quarter. He eats that. Right. right? That that was that was the mindset. What is so hard for Patrick to, to beat Patrick Mahomes uh if you're his opponent. And what makes him so great is not only is he have this unbelievable, and I see Jazoo Jay on the line. He's talked about it was one of the first guys to really beat this drum, An unbelievable spatial awareness when it comes to throwing the football, finding a guy who's throwing him open, you know, seeing the field, seeing what should happen, all of that kind of stuff. But he seems to constantly be in complete control and mastery of the game the game situation that he is in. It's not just where he is on the field. It's not just what play's called. It's not just where he's throwing the ball, but it's how much time is left in the game, how well his defense is playing, the rhythm and the feel for the game, which is amazing considering he's playing half the game and resting half the game and kind of watching on TV as he goes. It's unreal. It's unreal. But what he did, what he, did, he was not the statistical darling you know and and he hasn't had to be and he couldn't be because his offense isn't as good defense has come back around his defense has come back around and so now he's not playing the stat game now he's playing the Tom Brady game look at the numbers i mean we're getting to some amazing Counting statistics for all time, I mentioned he went by Roethlisberger, he went by Drew Brees. He's knocking on the door of Peyton Manning in the playoff touchdown career touchdowns. Two behind Peyton Manning now for that. He's knocking on the door of John Elway's uh, ninth spot. I think the Peyton Manning's fifth in, in playoff touchdowns. John Elway's ninth in playoff passing yards. He's knocking on the door of passing those guys who played till almost forty years old, right? And he's already there at 28, knocking on the door of those numbers. Statistically, he's had monster days. When the game was more of an up-tempo game, he played up-tempo. The game today is more old school. You know, This year, defense took a big leap forward for whatever reason, and there's lots of reasons to come to it, but he recognizes it. He is not just sitting out there stat hunting. He's not like, well, i got to get my 300. i got to get my three touches. He's out there doing whatever it takes to win. And part of what it took to win was to just take sacks, was to throw the football away, was to run for a first down or run for a few yards. It wasn't always pretty, but he was super effective. And, you know, that's the mark of true greatness. And that's why you have people from Colin Cowherd to Mike Greenberg saying, he's the greatest quarterback that ever lived. Now, again, I will point out, go get smoked by the 49ers, and that tune will change quickly. Beat the 49ers, and that gains momentum everywhere. Because now some of the big boys are saying it. And one of the ways I think might be the, I don't even know if it's most accurate, because he may be the best. He may be, you know, is, is he's playing quarterback better than anybody's ever played it. Is he the best quarterback well, that's kind of a career achievement. So maybe the way to it's make everybody thing. happy, let let Patriot fans and old-school quarterback fans. He's playing quarterback better than it's ever been played because he brings what appears to me now, certainly Tom Brady likes cerebral play because he won with 241 yards. Mwah! By the way, 241. And, and, and one touchdown. 32 yards to MVS. Who had over 239 and a half? Mahomes passing yards and two thumbs? This guy. guy. This guy. When he dropped back to passing that third down, I know I should have been like, oh, my God, they're going to throw it. But I was like, oh, my God, they're going to throw it. He's looking deep. And then I had to wait for the number to come up. Was it enough? Oh, my God. Last throw, 32 yards to go over by a yard and a half. Victory is mine. Chef's kiss one happy fat guy in his basement. I can tell you that right there. That was actually my largest. Uh, I thought he was going to blow by. I thought we were going to be. I really thought there was a good That's chance. The first half. Well, uh, first the first drives.
0: Half,
2: I thought either they're going to have something that the Ravens haven't seen or they're going to be chasing points and he's going to have to go to the air all day. Mm-hmm. We are going to wreck 239 and a half. God bless the line makers. Because I did not think I would be needing an MVS falling on his ass Catch. For 32 yards at the end of the game to squeak by on the over Mahomes passing yards, but God bless him. Um, and I hope you bet the Chiefs. I picked the Ravens. I bet the Chiefs. Uh, what are you talking about? You're picking the? Ravens. I know, but I auto bet Patrick Mahomes every time he's a dog. Yeah. Every time. I, I don't know if I've got him all, but he's ten one and one. I might be eight zero and one. I might be seven one and one. But I'm way to the up. Because every time I take the same amount that I bet every time on that and I plug it in and I bet Patrick Mahomes, I bet him as an underdog every single time. So I didn't think it was going to happen. I'll be honest with you. This, to me, is his single greatest accomplishment. On the road, two games as a dog against top-shelf MVP caliber quarterbacks with with a lot of good personnel, experienced coaches, playoff experience as well for these guys. Maybe not tons of wins, but that was the, what, is... is is. and now, is Lamar Jackson, right? He was 2-3 and Mm -hmm. coming into that. So, you know, he he played five playoff games. It wasn't like, oh my god, I don't know what to do here when you play this late in the year. To get that done, it's Patrick Mahomes' greatest accomplishment. I think they're getting a kiss. I I think they ought to be a bigger dog to the 49ers to be honest with you, because the last thing I'll leave you with in this idea that, oh, the Chiefs are just going to freight train the Niners, because, you know, I mean, think about it. If Andy Reid takes that field goal, that's three more points. And if, you know, instead of going for it, i fourth down. And if and if, yeah, yeah, if Legarius Sneed is 18 inches later at punching the ball out, it's a tie game.
1: So if, like, if Trent McDuffie isn't standing right there and Nelson Aguilar, who missed it by about a half a second, recovers the ball in the end zone, that's a touchdown. Even with the fumble, it, yep. if, if McDuffie happened to be right there and fell on it because Aguilar falls on top of McDuffie and getting the ball.
2: Well, we said the recipe to win this game is to, one, they're going to have to run the football because they can't put it all on the offense and they can't have quick possessions, win the time of possession, and play from in front. That's what we said on the Central Bank pregame show. That's what we said all last week. I do feel vindicated that we had the right formula. And kudos to Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo and the whole coaching staff for having the formulas, to get out in front. And then we said that they need to start taking the ball away, and they did that. They did that in this game. and it was Giants. And I think they are built for the playoffs, and they coach for the playoffs. Because there are plenty of times, let's be clear, they could have been called for penalties in the defensive backfield and have been called for penalties in the defensive backfield during the regular season. But it's playoff time. And, you know, in the postseason, it needs to be fairly egregious because I thought there were some that should have been called, trust me, helmet to helmet, Hit on Patrick Mahomes wasn't called. There were three or four times that I'm screaming at the TV. Where's the penalty on the Ravens? Justice
1: Hill leg whip of Chris Jones in the end zone? Yeah. would have made it a 19 to seven game mm-hmm. with the Ravens free kicking to the Chiefs with the eight minute or the early in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so there was there
2: was play, but that style of football, that style of officiating, I guess I should say, lends itself more to the Chiefs, yeah, because they like to be aggressive in the D backfield. And you know what? If you've got a bunch of defensive backs that don't play aggressive, well, enjoy your regular season success. But they're going to be at a disadvantage in the postseason because this is not the first year that this is the way it's worked. This is how it's always worked when you get to the postseason. And that coaching staff and that defense plays postseason defense. And, uh, you know, if if you're sitting in Baltimore right now or you're a Chiefs hater or you pick Baltimore and you're trying to come up with all these reasons why you didn't really screw it up or whatever – Right? Reality is, the Baltimore Ravens have known that that's how playoff games are officiated. And if you don't coach to that style, that's your fault. And the fact that your team is an undisciplined bunch of hacks that keeps getting personal foul penalties, that's your fault. That's quality coaching on one side and a lack of it on the other. By the way, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, you first. Uh, well, I just
3: it's a little ironic to the point you're making, too, because that style and, and taking advantage of that is exactly how Belichick. Took care of the of the greatest show on turf, Rams. Yeah, that's and, how it's been st- and for and years. It was, it, exactly, and it was like that before then. But then on the other side of that, it, taking advantage of that is how Spagnolo himself stopped the 07 Patriots.
1: Yeah, for sure. Exactly. It's
3: not. It's not. We're not just the only ones. No, figuring this out.
1: Well, the way I, just before I get to the point I was going to make, you mentioned Zay Flowers and the mistakes he made. <laughs> The beautiful symmetry of the way this season began. If you talk, if you count the season beginning with the NFL draft, that the Chiefs lusted for Zay Flowers, he went to the Ravens. Fans spent most of the football season lamenting the fact that the Ravens got to Zay Flowers before they did, leaving them without a talented wide receiver of, of, of that nature. The, Rasheed Rice has been really good, but and then at the end, the two mistakes made by. Zay Flowers, the guy Chiefs fans wanted all year. help send them to the Super Bowl is, is kind of an interesting way to wrap things up. But the Mahomes thing, you mentioned two plays that were very different, but I think are were very close together and illustrative of that part, that new part of the game that he's discovered. The sack you're talking about that Andy Reid was, was glowing over, six minutes left to go in the game. Chiefs have the ball at their own 24, second and six. And he takes the sack. Not only does he not throw the ball away or throw it into an interception, but he doesn't stop the clock. Baltimore mm-hmm. calls a timeout. They call their first timeout on that play. And in the end, they hit the two-minute warning, the Chiefs just needing one first down. Whereas if Baltimore had one more timeout, they maybe could maybe ha- would have to cross the road, as Eric Inger says, an additional time. So it was that awareness of not just not making a mistake, but letting the clock run. Until the moment when he absolutely figured, okay, now we have to take the chance. He he knew when to adjust and when to be aggressive. They dialed up the right play. He made the right read. His third read was, was MVS. And he threw the ball up there and trust him and he made a huge play. So... Uh, conservative, smartly conservative for most of the second half, and the minute he needed to crank it up, he knew what to do, and he threw the perfect pass.
2: 913 ten 810 a lot to cover. got a lot of folks who want to grab a line. We'll take your phone calls next. 913-3810-810, you're in the program. You're listening to the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Seren Petro with you as uh, we make our way through uh, yet another Super Bowl Monday, whatever. Let's take this football season as long as we can. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Just you feel differently this
1: time than you did after the first one. Not what you mean? I mean, I remember thinking after, after the first, the first one, one, I was. It was just like it was a transformational moment. Yes, in, in my fandom, and I had tears in my eyes, and I thought this.
2: Well, I it's... would not have thought that five years later I'd be going. Pretty cool. Listen, just a window, cool. just a peek under the covers here. Uh, Todd Lebo and I have been going to the Super Bowl, the, just the two of us and Chad, uh, since, you know, f- six weeks ago, right? I don't know when we booked it. I think I booked it like the beginning of December, at least Todd and I's. Um I don't, the boss, he, you know, he's got people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the peons, Todd makes me do the good work. <laughs> I have to do the heavy lifting. Uh, so we booked it, and it's like, okay, we'll go out on Tuesday and we'll come back on Friday because both of us are like, it, this isn't, it doesn't look like their year. Yeah. Right. And so I'm going out. Todd's now changed his. He's going out Monday. I'm still going out on that flight. Um, I don't know if we got somebody else. What what else going on? You know, but uh, the so we've been discussing it and we're like, it's a real possibility. And in the past, we we just booked it like they're not going and then we'd sit around and hope for the first round of the playoffs and watch them lose, and then we were smart. Yeah. we booked what we were, but we have had the plan for what to do if everybody's going contingency yeah it's it's oh. it's been there, right? so we for knew we could, years. we knew we could back up <laughs> the flights and go earlier if need be yeah. what you can't do is get your you going out on Thursday or Friday sixteen hundred 1600 plus sixteen seventy five I think last night it was a KC round trip want a pro tip? You want to go to Vegas? hmm Don't want to pay 1600 The only direct flights are on Southwest. Uh, want a pro tip? Sure. United or American, round trip to Denver, Southwest from Denver. Bit of a, a, a discount, maybe? Uh, it's like 175 round trip to Denver, and it's like, uh, I want to say 275 round trip. Uh, KC to Denver is 175 and then like 275 Denver to Vegas round trip. So you're going to have to book yourself out and leave yourself two or three hours. Yeah. Because then you're going to have to transfer airlines. But still. Now, you might be able to even wedge a round trip to Denver. I don't know if you can do this, but Southwest, because I was trying to get creative and book different, uh, and out, like leaving on Sunday, and also another one leaving on Tuesday, and a returning on a Friday, and a returning on the following Tuesday. So I could have this, and Mm -hmm. Southwest won't let you do that. Uh, It's like, no, no, no. We know what you're doing. Yeah, we we see what you're doing. You're gonna stiff us, and you, you know if everybody's like holding three flights just because we'll let you credit it later on. No, it won't let you do that. So I don't know if it'll let you buy a round trip to Denver and then buy a round trip on Southwest from Denver to Vegas, or if it'll go. Uh. Uh-uh, we know what you're doing. It's sixteen hundred bucks. You yeah. got to take the. We know when the, the game is. So you might have to. You know, might have to mix airlines, but that would be my advice. Something through Denver, Dallas, Chicago, uh, there, and then on to Vegas would be my advice if you're looking to go to save a buck you can save yourself probably upwards of a thousand bucks now please explain to us lay people
3: why on earth would the trip to vegas out of kansas city be so much more expensive than the one out of
2: denver sir <laughs> yeah. it's funny how that uh, how that works hmm. uh 9133 uh, denver
3: yeah. sports teams are not participating that's right yet? they
2: are not yet again they're they not participating. how
1: great is it that the chiefs are going to host a pro- postseason game in the raiders stadium before they do
2: Oh, it's the best. It's, a, it's, it's uh, my, one of the my, best dunks ever. Well, I'll give you another one, just kind of a sidebar, that uh, our buddy Kurt's a big fan of. The Oklahoma Sooners have won more postseason games in the Jerry Dome than the Dallas Cowboys.
3: <laughs> this is <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! similar on the same line of just random happenings that don't necessarily have anything to do with basketball? each other but are fun to talk about. No, it isn't. Um... <laughs>
1: You the can kid, see how I would think kid, that, though. The kid liked yeah, that yeah. one. He, he liked it. Nugget.
3: <laughs> no, but uh, but as of yesterday, Bill Selt No. That um, <laughs> <laughs> would the best thing if it actually was,
2: no, was, was no, completely no, no. threw me He's off. scrambling right now no, trying no, no. to find as something of else. No, no,
3: yesterday. Patrick Mahomes has beaten every franchise that beat the Chiefs during the, the playoff losing streak, except for the Broncos. And this because the Broncos hasn't made, haven't made the playoffs, haven't made the playoffs,
2: yet. playoffs yeah. Well, do you see the stat? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've got a list we're yeah. going to give later. We'll give this to you again because we've got a whole bunch of them. But he has now beaten 10 of the 15 other AFC franchises in the postseason. <laughs> the only guy who beat more AFC... Teams in the postseason was Tom Brady, and it's not fourteen; it's just eleven. Yeah, he's one away.
3: Think about the ones that he couldn't even have, like Denver, for example. Hasn't made it, so he hasn't had the chance to try
2: it. Yeah, right. the, only, the
1: only team he's faced and hasn't beaten is New England. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it'll be a while till he gets it'll a be chance a while. to that, avenge that. That, that. Yeah. It comes back around, but he, I don't see
2: Jared. Sorry, but I'm not yeah. seeing Jared Mail working. So three years of trying to push that turd uphill, and then oh, maybe somebody who can like you know figure out the forward pass.
3: And no matter how you want to count the losses to the Oilers, he got the Titans and he got the Texans.
2: Yeah. Yeah. 9133810810. Let's go to the phones. Jim waiting patiently. You're in the program, Jim. What's going on, buddy?
4: Hey guys, thanks for taking the call. Hey, Seren, uh, best, best travels on your trip to the Super Bowl. I, I went last year and I don't know if you guys remember. I spent the entire game in the bathroom on the toilet there. I do,
0: yes. That's right. right.
4: Oh my God. Seren, I hope you fare better, but don't you dare come home with a loss. Yeah. Well, I spent it in the toilet, but I got the W.
2: You did. And, and I'll, and I'll be home, full disclosure. I'll be home Friday night. So I'm I'm not staying out for the game. Um, but, uh, but, and I know the town, and I'll be eating at local joints, so you know, there you go. I've got friends out there, so we, you know I, I should be no no uh oh let's let's, let's Home try cook this. meals, maybe, yeah, let's try this uh you know half sushi, half Mexican house, let's let's, let's see how this goes, no, no, huh, you know,
4: I thought about calling in and being the I'm glad the Chiefs fan guy. But since I'm spoiled Chiefs fan, I'm going to bring a little venom here. Okay, I used to I used to have a lot. I, I still got a lot of respect for John Harbaugh. I like the way he does interviews. If you listen to the interview after the game, he wasn't mm-hmm. a big baby. He was intelligent. But on some level, blank him and the Ravens and their whole attitude. You know what they did yesterday? They Ravened. The Chargers Charger, the Ravens Raven. When they get hit in the face and the, and, and the season's on, the line, they don't want to win the game. They just want to punch you in the face and they want to win the fight. And I... If they don't have any personal fouls and the whole entire team keeps their composure, that game would have been a lot closer and the outcome might have been different. That goes straight to the head guy, and you know, and I, I I did lose some respect for John Harbaugh. His team has done that; they've wanted to win the fight as opposed to win the game for ten years, and it goes straight to the head coach. I can't ever imagine an Andy Reid team ever doing that because he wouldn't let them get away with it, even though he's a players' coach. So. That's my venom for today because I'm a spoiled Chiefs fan. Have a good day, guys. I
2: I think it's a good point. Thank you, Jim. You do the same, buddy. And uh, hopefully your Super Bowl uh, goes better uh, this time. Uh, I I think that's a good point. I don't know that he wants them out there getting personal fouls, but I think they definitely, I think John Harbaugh definitely preaches a physicality in a a tough brand of football, to which I will say I, I do like it from their defensive standpoint because what they do get is many hats on the ball. Right, when Rashi Rice jukes a guy, there's another guy who puts a pop on him. And when he bounces off that pop, there's another guy who puts a pop on him. They play with a relentless physical style. But you're right, they took it too far. And that is on John Harbaugh. They they weren't well coached. You know, why is Zay Flowers? What 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 have they done? And I think part of it comes from, you know, coaching today so much so and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but this like no respect card. We've been disrespected. Our manhood is on the line. If you don't go out there and claim it on a football field, you'll be a lesser person. Your children will not look up to you. Your community will shun you. Like, all that hokey crap, I don't think it works. I don't think it works. And I don't know what they tell them. I don't know how they get them going. But I think there's a lot of that that then... You know, carries over to why these guys, I think, are, you know, a, a lot of guys, not the Chiefs, but, you know, not always. But some guys have come through here. They have, you know, no group of 20-something-year-old men goes without guys doing stupid things. But I think in a lot of these colleges, you see guys that are just out of control around the college campus because they've been told that this is physicality and all this, you know, brr, you brrr. Know, and, and I don't think it helps you win. And I think the Chiefs play cerebral football. And you saw what was supposed to be the better team, the more physical team, the tougher team, take on the Cerebral team and the cerebral team beat them.
3: Well, what did Justin read? We love that quote he had last week. It was like, it was like smart with a little bit of nastiness or a little, little bit, bit of bit violence. Of violence, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's that's
1: perfect. That's the yeah. thing that happened. Yeah, it, it, it was. They were cerebral, but they were tough too. They came hitting on on both sides, and the attitude began. I mean, they're jawing back and forth, and 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 some. <laughs> Some fisticuffs on the sideline before the game even began. Situation where Travis Kelsey basically booted Justin Tucker out of the end zone. I mean, the Chiefs arrived with the chip on their shoulder and somehow managed to stay at that peak the entire day without ever letting it boil over. It that's an amazing job by their coaching staff and their players in that regard.
3: And it seems like they have a "don't ever start a fight but finish it" sort of mentality. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I would and agree. I think that's a good way. Brilliantly to put it. baited baited that flag. I I knew it was going to happen.
2: I think they they did a a great job of in pregame saying we're not intimidated and we're not going to be you know, you're not going to out-tough us or get in our head. And then when the game came, they focused on the game. Now I'll say this, Travis Kelsey had to have his ass dragged into that mindset a couple of times. He was the one guy that I kept being like, they're long overdue to throw a personal foul penalty on the Chiefs if they wanted to quote even it up. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think it should have been even on personal foul penalties. I think All it right. should have been more on the Ravens. But there's a tendency to want to do that. Oh, I've got a chance to get one of these guys. I'm going to throw it right here. And they didn't do it. Um, but, yeah, I think the Chiefs kept their composure and, and their poise was big. Uh, Travis, you're in the program. What's going on, Travis?
5: Pedro, How are you doing today?
2: Good, man. What's on your
5: mind? So I called Friday. And I took the Chiefs twenty to seventeen in overtime with a pucker factor of eleven. I miss on, <laughs> I, I miss on both the score and the pucker factor, but I did get the team right. So the, do I get the claim
2: victory? Yes, yes, you do. Okay. You 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 absolutely called yeah. it. Well done.
5: Um, and then, but the thing I wanted to talk about was something that we talked about when I called was I didn't think that Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson had seen a defense quite like ours. And I think that that proved to be true. He, the defense had him confused and flustered the entire game. And I see a lot of people are like blaming Todd Monk, or is it Todd Monkins, that's, uh, they're off their OC mm-hmm. for not running the ball more. But the reason why he wasn't running the ball, at least from my perspective, is Spagnolo was putting defense on the, on the field that was encouraging him to throw. So, I don't think it's necessary that the guy just didn't want to run the football, but I think the the defensive package that was on the field was preventing him from doing it. Um, and then, just looking ahead to the the Niners game, um, I just don't see how Brock Purdy beats this defense. I I I mean, he got really lucky last night with the ball bouncing off the defender's face and. Just, I mean, the guy just looks like he just—he looks like a jack me. Doesn't look like an MVP caliber quarterback. Um, so I feel pretty confident going into next week. So that's all I got. All, all right, right, I, I
2: appreciate. It. I think we should always be confident because Patrick Mahomes plays for the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid coaches him. And I think his coaching staff—I think Matt Nagy and you know Steve Spagnuolo—I mean, they—they they got a—they got a very. Experienced coaching staff. Their defensive coaches are extraordinarily experienced. Uh, Championship pedigree all over the place amongst them. And, you know, same thing for the offensive coaching staff save the wide receiver coach. And he's learning, we hope, and getting better. The wide receivers have been better since they've eliminated some of the folks that weren't catching the ball. Even MVS has been better uh, as he played a large role, not just on that play, but a couple other catches in this game, one other catch in this game. Um, So, you know, was that, was it? Am I not giving him Yeah, Yeah, he, he had two. He had two yeah, catches on two targets. Yeah. So, you know, I, I I think they've got every reason to be confident that they will have a good game plan and they will have some success against the 49ers. There's, you know, the, the questions will be, are the 49ers just a more talented team? And can Brock Purdy play quarterback at a near Patrick Mahomes level? Because I think you can make a case that the Ravens were the more talented 53, but Lamar Jackson couldn't play at a high enough level to take advantage of and and or their coaching staff couldn't coach at a high enough level. If the 49ers can play at a high enough level and Brock Purdy can play at 90%, 95% 90%, 95% of Patrick Mahomes, that may, may be enough to yeah. get it done. Brack Purdy has now brought the 49ers back twice yeah, in the playoffs that's... from times where it looked like it was not going well, and he has circled the wagons and got it done. So in Kyle Shanahan, after blowing the big lead as the Falcons offensive coordinator to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, he has now had other teams, have big leads, and he has adjusted and come back and got the wins. He's righting a lot of wrongs. He's settling a lot of family business. In this playoffs so you know maybe it's his time we'll, we'll, we'll
1: see that is the one advantage that, that the Chiefs won't have in this game is the Ravens had never been in a game like yesterday they had not been down at the half they had not had to do the, the first time all year that they were kind of punched in the mouth and and, and on their own home field San Francisco has already done it twice so that's um, there are a lot of similarities in the way this team is constructed, but their postseason experience and the way the Chiefs took the Ravens out of what they wanted to do yesterday will not be the same when they play the 49 ers
2: Nine one three, 3 8, 10, 8, 10. Let's go to Jazu Jay. You're in the program, Jay. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Seren.
6: Happy Victory uh, Monday.
2: Same to you, my friend.
6: Hey, <laughs> listen. Like, I agree with everything everyone said, but I kind of agree with the previous caller. I'm really struggling to see a San Francisco win in Vegas. Because
2: wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Jazoo Jay who has called me all year and talked about how uh, Brett Veach has got a draft better at wide receiver. Now you don't see how the 49ers can win.
5: That's
2: correct. Okay. So make sure sure I I I understand. Wait,
4: wait. Can I still say we we
6: do need to get better at drafting a wide receiver? Both can be true, right? (laughs) Uh,
2: Yes, both can be true. Yes.
6: (laughs) Like, yeah, there were many times yesterday, and I do worry about this team. For the life of me, I can't understand why the Chiefs opponents don't double-team Kelsey. I, I just can't figure out why that's so challenging to do. I understand Kelsey's... Great! It's probably one of the best tight ends ever, if not the best tight end. ever, finding that soft spot in the zone. Well, let me ask you a but, question:
2: If they double team Kelsey, would they have held the Chiefs under thirty points?
6: Uh, well, I, I'm not following your your.
2: Well, they the Chiefs thought. scored but, seventeen whole points, and the yeah. first thing you know. The problem was not double teaming Travis Kelsey. I mean to me I would tell you that a I, I think what we've seen the last two weeks is teams are saying Rashi Rice is the guy that's gonna beat us. And I think they're looking at Travis Kelsey who was playing great football. I'm not trying to knock him, but they're saying, listen, Tyree Kill was always the KO punch and these other teams have been doing their best to make Rashi Rice the KO punch. He's getting the big plays. We've got to avoid the big plays. Yes, Travis Kelsey will beat us. 5 and 10 and 15 yards down the field, but let's not be giving up the 25 and 30 and 40 yarders. We're going to focus on taking Rashi Rice away. We'll live with some Travis Kelsey. I think it's somewhat like, you know, hey, we'll live with six yards a pop in the run because eventually we'll get you for a minus two and we'll get you in a long down and distance and you'll have to throw the ball. I think, you know, I, I, I think the battery's in backwards there and you're thinking, I think, you know, the last two weeks, you know, they've, they've, you know, Travis Kelsey's had a big day, but the Baltimore Ravens only gave up 17 points. The problem was not the Ravens' defensive game plan. The problem was their offense couldn't score.
6: Fair point. Fair point. And I think what does, I will say, this what does scare me a little bit is I still don't know what happened to the Chiefs' offense in the second half. And maybe a little bit of me will buy, okay, the Chiefs wanted to play conservative Andy and bleed the clock out and do this and that, but You can't do that. I'm glad that the Lions happened to them what did for the Chiefs to watch that because that's not going to work in the Super Bowl. The 49ers have proven they can come back. And so I hope that was a lesson early on as to what happened to the Lions. But, Seren, you know, when you look at at the 49ers and the games the Chiefs have played, I guess it's kind of a would you rather. Would you rather go on the road and play the Bills I think that game was harder than playing the 49ers at a neutral site because they had a bone to pick. Would you rather go to Baltimore and beat the Ravens in Baltimore? That team looks far better than that team just dismantled the 49ers what five six weeks ago. And so now you're going to go play the 49ers on a neutral site. I just think both those that Bills team and the Balt just their locations and their actual team makeup. It's far more challenging than what the Chiefs are going to face against the 49ers. Well, here but but, in but, but I mean, you're, you're, you're,
2: yeah, you're, you're cherry-picking, Jazzy, Jay. The, well, what what about the game against the Raiders? I mean, that's the Chiefs as well.
6: well siren we've seen it from this team. Maybe this team is the team that there's just no dang motivation until they're faced with adversity and in on the Super Bowl hunt. Maybe it is mentally hard to... Get motivated to go play a game against the Raiders during the regular season when you, they probably kind of do take for granted, hey, we're going to be in the playoffs, you know? And, and maybe that's what it is. Do you think there's an element of that? And, and um, uh, yeah, I'll
0: leave it at
2: that. Yeah, right. I, I, think, I think there could be for sure, uh, Jay, and thank you for the call, buddy. I, I appreciate it. But I, I just mean that, listen, the Chiefs are all of what they have put on tape this year. They're all of it. Are they better? Everybody should be getting better now. You should be eliminating the things you're not good at and maximizing the things you are good at. I think one of the things the Chiefs have done is recognize that they are in a good spot with their defense, and they're calling offensive game plans based upon you know, where they, you know, what their defense can do. But, you know, they're still capable of if it starts to go wrong. There's a reason why we said one of the keys is to play from in front because the Chiefs didn't have to come out of their comfort zone. They were able to do that. What if they don't? What if they don't get to play from in front? What if they do have to go to the air? Right? What if they do fumble? Somebody puts a helmet on the ball. Fumbles happen even when you're doing everything right, right? Interceptions go off receivers' hands for picks. We know that. And so, I want to point out that, again, 18 inches away from a tie game at Baltimore. I mean, if Zay Flowers, if the ball is not punched out 18 inches before the goal line, he scores, and it's a tie game eventually. Right? I mean, in all likelihood, that's where it was headed. And so, this idea that the, Raven, the Chiefs just hammered the Ravens and it was never a contest... You know, you just talked about, we've talked about all the, you think they're going to get a personal foul penalty. If they played that game back, do you think that would be a focal point? I think it would be. So the idea that the Chiefs are just light years better than the Ravens is is erroneous. They were better than the Ravens by seven points on that day, at that time, right? They get nothing. They don't get to come in up seven on the 49ers. They get no credit. They start from scratch. And the situations that they play in will be made only by what they do in this game. Again, I'm not saying the 49ers are better. Or the, the spread's probably right. I think the 49ers should probably be favored by a little bit more. But I get it if you're an odds maker going, Patrick Mahomes just comes alive. Like, I'm not, I've got to throw three for Pat. Eh, that doesn't sound like a bad plan to me. All right, welcome back. here in on the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Uh, had, had some... Different folks uh, sending us reports. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and put it. Who's the individual who's reporting it? Uh, Jordan Schultz, who
1: covers the NFL for Bleacher Report, uh, posted a while, a little while ago, uh, Charles O'Menohue suffered a torn ACL versus the Ravens. And uh, the, it's the only person who's reporting it, but just a few moments ago, Charles O'Menohue, 12 moments ago, his official Twitter, uh, tweeted out, just a broken heart emoji. So that would tend to lend some credence to it, but we've yet to hear another source. So that's out there.
2: Um, So that would be rough. That would be rough. Yes. That would be rough now, and that would be rough here moving forward. Because I
1: heard um, him say on the field last night, I saw a report that he said, I will be there at the Super Bowl. But it's not sounding like he will be. So we'll we'll be on top of that.
2: Yeah. So um, we'll find out. Uh, we'll get something official maybe later in the week. But um, it, I, I, listen, I know he said he's going to play, but it did not look good. No, it looked like it a didn't. non-contact looked
1: injury. Looked really bad.
2: And I think this is, frankly, where I think it's going. But, uh, again, one report out there. Generally speaking, those things are agents who are getting early returns. That's where the information guys tend to get their information. So uh, we'll see. But nothing official from the Chiefs right now. But not looking good for Charles Menehu, who, at least according to one person. We looked it up, 200-plus thousand followers. So we we're not being hoodwinked. Uh, but uh, we'll see if there's any more news. But yes, we have seen it for those that are calling. Adam, uh, Mike, you're in the program. What's going on, Mike? Hey, happy victory Monday. Same, same to you, my friend. What's on your mind? So I
7: got a, I got a comment and a question. So, uh, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that we would have had uh, Nick Bolton and uh, Willie Gay this extensive time, that. We still would have had the caliber of linebacker play that we did. So I think a huge shout-out needs to go to Drew Tranquil. Just I think his play this season, I mean, obviously I don't think a backup linebacker should be the MVP, but I don't think we dropped off much. So I'm curious just your comments on that.
2: Uh, I, think, yeah, I think you're right on. And I would throw some uh, credit to Brett Feech and his staff for going out and making that move. I don't think they went into the offseason going, what we've got to do is go get ourselves another linebacker. They looked pretty good at linebacker, certainly from a starting standpoint. They'd invested in Leo Chennault as well, who had shown some good signs uh, as a rookie. And then, lo and behold, Drew Tranquil's sitting out there. And, you know, it's not going to take the world to sign him. Mean, and they... they made the move and said, well, this will make us a better football team. Let's go do it. I mean, you, you know, we, we were probably clamoring for more D-line help or maybe even, you know, use some of those resources somewhere else, uh, wide receiver, offensive tackle. And when the opportunity to get a really good football player came along, they jumped on it and they were ready to move, even though it wasn't their number one priority. I, I think it's the sign of a quality front office, and I think you're absolutely right. I think it's been one of the most important ones because Nick Bolton has missed time and Willie Gay has now missed time in the postseason, and, and it's been invaluable for them that they could play at a high level. And we're going to look it up, but I had somebody talk about how Steve Spagnuolo earlier in the year said it was the play of his linebackers that were allowing them to be, you know, more aggressive in game planning to take away what other teams wanted to do as opposed to just react to it. And, you know, they don't do that without Drew Tranquil.
7: Nope. Right. Yes. 100% agree. So and my question is, at what point do Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes Earn the same as Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. In that you will never ever bet against. Like when Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were, I would have never said I'm picking the other team. So to me, if it's not already there, it should be very soon, all of a sudden off the air. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, I, oh, I, I think
2: good. we're there. Uh, I think I think it's a good point, Mike. And, uh, you know, I saw there's a bunch of uh, Boston people, you know, I saw one thing, a guy talking about how the Chiefs are the Patriots. They, they've reached that point. Andy Reid plus Patrick Mahomes is game management. It's game preparation. It's the ability to execute game plans, uh, adjust. Pa- Patrick Mahomes is now seeing the whole field, now, you know, in touch with the entire game everywhere he turns. And so, yeah, I, th- I think we're there right now. Um and by the way I apologize if we're going to be leaving some people hanging but we'll we'll take some more phone calls after Adam Teicher in our next hour so you can give us a call back next hour at 913 um but yeah I like I I listen. You're going to listen to a lot of. I already did this morning. Listen to a lot of national people that were picking the Baltimore Ravens. Talk about how the Ravens flopped and how bad their game plan was and everything. But you watch slowly over the course of the week, they'll now all be going just as far the other way and loving up the Kansas City Chiefs because they've had their nose bloodied again by trying to pick against them. There'll always be people that want the fresh pick, which is not the Chiefs. But I think we're there now. All right. How many road underdogs have
1: beaten the number one scoring defense in the NFL? In a conference championship game. Brought to you by Good Sense.